Well, awesome. Well, this morning we're going to be jumping back in to our Every Nation, Every Soul sermon series. A few weeks ago, a month or so ago now, we were in a pastor's board of ministry. That would be our official church board, our advisory board that we have here at Radiant Life Church. And just had a, a few minutes to say, Lord, what are you saying? What are you speaking? What would come from our board? And uh, we just some different things came out. And Jeffrey Miller, one of our uh, board members, said, hey, this is what I feel God is speaking. He had looked in his Bible, looked at some different places, and it just resonated with me. It resonated with us, which is why our Every Nation, Every Soul is called Fire and Light this year. In fact, there's sweatshirts that are out there, some new merch you can grab uh, as well. Last week, a bunch of people got them that just kind of encapsulates what that is, including the verse that we read just a few moments ago. But this morning, the things that come that we're going to talk about, kind of jumping all over the Bible— Look at Jeremiah and David and the disciples and Jesus, some things talking about a fire that is shut up, a fire that can't be held in, a fire that needs ignited. And my prayer is that on a Sunday when we're going to take an offering at the end, we're going to have kids, our kids are going to join us and do a, a, a song for us. Uh, it's just going to be a special morning and we pray that you enjoy it and you love it. But my prayer is more than an offering or more than a special moment is that God will stir something in your heart and in my heart for the nations. He'll stir us for the people right across the street, maybe for some even those in our home that do not know the Lord, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, that we would have a passion for every nation, every soul, and that God would give us that fire for the nations. This morning, as I think about uh, what's here this Maasai warrior uh, dress that they have. A few years ago in 2018, got to go and be part of, of their district council uh, in, in, uh, in Tanzania, one of the many that were taking place. I got to speak in it. And one thing, this is just free, but I learned that you do not uh, talk about a hot tub in Tanzania, Africa. They don't know what a hot tub is. They, that's not a normal thing there. So I did, thankfully, because dad gave me a really good piece of advice if there's anything you're just not sure if they'll know, then before you go, ask the interpreter, do you know what this is? So I asked him, hey, do you know what a hot tub is? He's like, looked at me weird. I was like, that's a bad sign. He's like, explain it to me. It's like a bunch of guys, in this case, what the story was going to be, you know, get in a hot tub together, like water, warm water together. And so he's like, so a bunch of guys get into a bathtub together? I'm like, never mind. We will use a different illustration. It was going to be good, but not in Tanzania, Africa, apparently. And so thankfully, because my dad is a great teacher, he saved me from standing on a stage being like, I don't know. Uh, that probably would have ruined the whole thing. But God is good. So that had nothing to do with anything. But in this same district council, we were in this moment where they had, a, it's basically their business meeting, and the pastors would come up and say, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I did last year, and this is what I'm going to do this year. And specifically when it came to church plants, how many churches they were going to plant. It's important to realize, most of these pastors pastored in a church that may have had a building, but it also may still be meeting under a tree, or it might just have 15 people or 20 people. But they were invited and encouraged to plant churches. In a moment when all of the Americans in the room, our jaws just kind of dropped, they brought up this pastor and said, okay, what did you do last year? And he said, well, it was a difficult year. 
and we didn't plant any churches last year. And everybody was saying one, two, three, some five, some even more. Uh, it was like, oh, okay. So he said, okay, just hold on a second, the person running it. And he brought another pastor up, and this guy had explained that the reason was they only had like 5,000 U.S. dollars came in that year. They didn't have very much money, so they couldn't do it. And so that was, okay, you know, we're like, that makes sense. They didn't have the money. But then the next pastor came up, and they said, well, what did you do for the kingdom this, this year? And they said, this year God was faithful. We only saw 1,000 U.S. dollars come in, but we were able to plant three churches this year, and we're believing for five churches next year. And everybody in the room, 400 pastors, and in an African way, not like we clap, like, yay. They're like, whoa, like, it was awesome. It was such energy and power and excitement. And then they kind of moved this guy over and said, okay, if he could plant three churches with $1,000, why could you plant none with 5000 And it was like, I could not believe it. We were sitting there. Our jaws were dropped. In fact, uh, Pastor John, our network pastor for the Assemblies of God, he has me tell that story at different pastors' things because he's like, we're not going to do that today, right? Nobody's going to get caught up on the stage. In Ohio, Pastor Dave, you think that would go well with our pastors? No, that would not go well. Different culture, different world. But my prayer is today that starting with me, every person that would hear this message that's in the room, huge crowd this morning online that God would speak to you and maybe there's an area in your life or my life where we need a little kick in the pants where we need to say hey why aren't we doing what we should be doing why aren't we why isn't there this passion and this fire and I want to encourage us to be a church and to be individuals that today we're like Lord if you want to speak to me would you challenge me if I need to be challenged would you challenge me thankfully they're not going to call me on the stage but Lord in my heart, I want you to do that work. I want you to do that in my life. This morning, we're going to look at four specific verses and areas. And the first is, can't shut it up when the fire is burning. Jeremiah 20 verse 9 says, But if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, which I just love Jeremiah. Real fast, before I finish this verse, uh, we, just a little bit of where he is. Jeremiah is in a place where he got a word from God. He wants to speak that word. And then he does speak that word. And the people just loved it and cheered for, no, that's not it at all. In fact, the exact opposite happened. He was beat. He was abused. He was persecuted because he said what God told him to say. He didn't get outside of what God said. He did what God said. And then the people did not appreciate it. So when he says, if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, his words in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I can not. Jeremiah says, there's no way. I don't care what somebody does to me. I don't care what happens against me. I don't care what the world would say. I must speak the goodness of God. The word of God must come forth from my mouth, no matter what the people around me or the people of my community, of my culture would say. The word of God must come forth. Jeremiah says, can't shut it up when the fire is burning. Rachel and I, back when we were uh, young and we were young adult pastors, we're still, you're still young, hun, no worries. But when we were young adult pastors, we would do something that we loved and we'd have tons of people come out and some of you will judge me and that's, that's okay. We haven't done this in a while, a long while. But we would have couch burnings 
What's that? Exactly what it sounds like. We would get an old junky couch that somebody didn't want, and we'd have a huge fire pile, and we'd put the couch on top of the fire, and you light that couch on fire, and you want to know what large amount of fire is. In fact, the thought of having things that combustible inside of our home, which is why house fires are not a good thing you don't want to have, uh, it would make fire almost as high as the ceiling in this room, 30 feet high for sure. The trees, full-grown trees, the fire, and I don't know if this was smart, but like trees around the fire pile and this flame way up in the middle, like it, the wind had to be blowing the right way or no wind, it had to be the right environment. But once that fire was started, and once it was massive and hot, and once what was underneath of it, a lot of times we'd have big, huge logs that weren't good for the fireplace, or just it would be so hot that you had to be 30 feet or more away from it. It could be a cool night. You could be 50 feet away from that fire, and it now felt like it was 80 degrees. It was so warm. There's something about a fire that when it is raging and when it is going, you can have... Uh, firemen. You can have water. You can do whatever you want, but there's a level that the fire is bigger than that water. And we would a lot of times bring our little garden hose out there just in case there was any fire issue, which was kind of laughable because when that fire was going, you could spray that, uh, that hose directly into that fire and it would just be gone. It would just be gone. And in our lives, do we have a fire that we cannot shut up? We cannot contain. We can't hold it back, but instead it's going to go forward like Jeremiah, no matter what it is. My question is, is his word burning within you, turning your heart to the nations? Does Radiant Life Church have a, a collective heart that burns for the nations? That like Jeremiah said, it cannot be shut up. I cannot hold it in. Can't shut it up when the fire is burning. Second, today we see we can't cool it down when the fire is hot. Psalm 39.3, David says, my heart grew hot within me. And I, as I meditated, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. This meditation, being in the presence of God, being where he would have him to be, had David in a place where he wanted to. In fact, before this, it talks about he wanted to guard his ways. He wanted to muzzle his mouth. He wanted to do what was right in the sight of the people around him. He wanted to just leave it quiet, but he was meditating on the word of God and because the word of God and being in the presence of God was so real and powerful that all of a sudden it could not be contained. It couldn't be stopped. It could not be cooled down. He was in the presence of the almighty God. He was in the presence of the king of kings. And you know, this week I've been thinking, and I, I love I mentioned periodically, I love politics. I find it to just be fun and furiating and all the things that whatever your, your thought is, whatever you like, whoever you like, because at least half the time they lose and half the time they win. And it's just, it's just one of those things, but I love it. So Tuesday night, what did I do? I got home, we had a board meeting. I got home and I watched the election till like 3 a.m. I don't stay up till 3 a.m., can I ask somebody, did I think that anything was actually going to happen at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m.? It did not, right? At some others, you're shaking your head, no. You might have been there with me watching the election. Like, it's, no, of course, weeks, weeks in the future. But then as I've thought through this week, have I meditated more on checking Fox News or CNN to see what's, what's happening? Or did another race get called? Or have I medited more, more, meditated more on what the Lord would have? And politics are fun. And I would say politics are important, but they're not anything like 
what God has for us. They're not anything like what our passion should be for the Lord. They have nothing. In fact, they are trash. It does not matter if we don't understand Jesus and what he has for us. And if I meditate on politics, or maybe for somebody else, if I meditate on what's going on in society or in my schools or in whatever the area might be, and that's what I rile myself up with, and I can't quit, and I can't stop, and I can't uh, just give it up, instead of meditating on Jesus and who he is and what he has, then my life is going to be off kilter. My life is going to be in a place where David, who says, I can't muzzle this. I can't stop this. I can't even guard my ways to look like society because I've been with Jesus. And Lord, would you make Radiant Life Church a place where we cannot be cooled down because the fire is hot and we've been with Jesus. And when, when, when we are with Jesus, the love of Jesus is going to pour out from us no matter what the situation is, no matter what it looks like. In fact, when I thought about uh, just this, this thought, the question, is your meditation causing a burning for the nations? Is what you do, what you spend your time on, where you let your mind be, is it giving you a desire for the people outside of your doors that don't know the Lord? Is it giving you a desire for the people in your city or your state or your country? Is it giving you a desire for the people and all of these flags and nations that are represented to the ends of the earth? Lord, I want my passion, I want my burning to not be for even important things if they're not of you. I'll do what you've called me to do. I'll go where you've called me to go. And I'm not going to get distracted by things you're not calling me to. I'm not going to leave my time and my energy in places that you would not want me to go. So like David, I'm going to speak because the fire burns within me. Can't shut it up. Can't cool it down. The third thing, can't hold it in. When the fire is ignited, there's nothing you can do. Luke 24, 32, the disciples have been with Jesus after his resurrection. They were blinded. They didn't understand that, uh, that uh, spiritually, that they didn't understand that who they were with was Jesus. They'd been walking with him and hearing the goodness of God from him. They didn't understand. They were in this weird moment where God was going to reveal himself but had not done it yet. And Luke 24, 32 says they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Were not our hearts burning within us? They experienced a few things. They experienced divine fellowship with God. They were walking with Jesus. They experienced the word of God as Jesus opened it to them. They experienced the fellowship of just spending time with Jesus. And they, spent, they had a moment of breaking bread with Jesus when all of a sudden their eyes were open and said, this, this passion, this burning that's within me, what they look back on, we knew something was different. It's because they were with Jesus. It took time. It took meditation. It took the word. It took eating. It took fellowship. There's something about just being in the presence of Jesus that ignites the power of God in our life. We need this passion. We need this heart. We need this direction to say, Lord, what you are doing and who you are, your heart for the nations, that's what we desire. That's what we need. That's what we want. We have to have you, Jesus. Show yourself in might and power and authority. Lord, right here where we live, but to the ends 
of the earth. We can't hold it in because the fire has been ignited. The fourth one today, can't keep it buried when the fire is kindled. Uh, I think two years ago now, Rachel and I, we bought one of my favorite items we have at our home. It's called a solo stove. And a solo stove is just a, a fire pit that costs way too much money, I'm sure, but a fire pit that when you put wood in it and you start that fire up, there's holes all in the bottom. There's, there's cavity all the way around the outside with holes in the top. And it's called a smokeless fire pit because the smoke comes up and the heat from inside and the air blows it in and it burns the smoke a second time. So when it comes out, there's basically no smoke. All of that to say, when you start a really good fire in this solo stove, it burns with a fire. We got, it's about this big around. It burns and the flames will come up this high outside of the thing. Just an awesome flame. It looks so cool. We've sat around it so much. We absolutely love it. But when that solo stove, because of the air and the power and the force of what goes through it, it burns the wood pretty quickly. In fact, you need a lot of wood to keep that thing stoked, to keep that thing going. And once it burns to the bottom, you think that is out. There's no way. It's dead. Can't do anything. But we find every single time for hours and hours, if you just go, and once it's down to nothing, you can kindle that up. You can stir it up. You can throw a couple logs on top of it. And almost instantly, it will reignite, and the flames will be back just like they were before. The, the intensity of the heat will come back in a minute or two. It just happens so quickly because the fire is there. The coals are there. There's something about not letting the coals, the heat, the burning of the Lord stay at the bottom, stay covered, stay hidden. Luke 12, 49, Jesus is speaking, says, I have come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. Christ says, I came to ignite my people. I came to ignite my world. But he says fire. In this section, you, you understand, he's saying there's, there's going to be fire, there's going to be power, there's going to be judgment, there's going to be another word that is used is division. And when I think of the message of the gospel, I don't like to think of division. Anybody, we just, we want division, no, that, that's not what our heart is. But there's also an understanding that when we follow Jesus, the word of God, does the word of God and the truth of the Bible line up with what they believe in northern India and what you're allowed to preach. It does not. In fact, the, the missionary that we're going to talk about, we're going to see a video from, they can't just preach the gospel. They use other ways to get the gospel into people's hearts and their lives. Soccer, CrossFit, cafe. More and more, would you say that the principles and the truths and the commandments of the Bible, do they line up with what society says is good and what society says is right? And what society is pushing, if you watch TV or you watch any news, no. The word of God does not look like what society would say. It doesn't look like what culture would want to push. And Jesus is saying, I have come to bring fire, his Holy Spirit. I've come to, to turn hearts and lives to me. I've come to move people towards me. But it's not a thing that everybody wants to hear. Growing up, we always would go to our Uncle Tom and Aunt Diana's house for Thanksgiving. We loved going to Uncle Tom and Aunt Diana's house. We would play at certain seasons of, the, of that time. We'd play football. 
Uh, we, you know, we'd do the crazy football out back. We went to play paintball. So then we would go play paintball on Thanksgiving afternoon. It was a blast. But the highlight of all of it to me was when Uncle Tom, on purpose, would rile up Pastor Kay, my mom, just for fun. She, he would bring up things like women in ministry, which he believed in women in ministry, but mom was a woman in ministry, so she w- or he would bring up this whole conversation about if women should be in ministry. And mom would bite on that every single time. It was awesome. We would have the greatest, uh, we would all laugh is what was happening. We would, we would be laughing and mom would get so upset, she would go in the kitchen and like do dishes or something because she's like, I, this is, ah, you know, just the, the riled up. Anybody, is your Thanksgiving? You have someone like that? Anybody in here? Yeah, there's a, there's a few honest ones. The rest of you are just liars, and that's okay. God can forgive you. But right, when we come together as family, sometimes there's division. But when we speak the truth of the word of God, we want everything to be good. And my prayer is that we would be united, that the church would be united. Outside of our church or the assemblies of God that we're a part of, Lord, let us be united and reach the world for Jesus. But do you know that when we start to preach the message of the gospel, there's people that don't like it, people that don't want to hear it, people that don't like what we believe. Anybody, we, we experience that in America. And Jesus is saying, I've come. I, I've come to bring fire on earth. He's come to bring his spirit, but he's come to bring judgment. He's come to bring division. Because when the truth is brought into darkness, there's going to be a division. There's going to be a change. And when I think about what God is calling us to do as Radiant Life Church on a weekly basis, being able to give and support uh, 76, I believe, right now, missionaries and mission organizations, it's awesome. We love it. We get to be united in that. But then they get to go and proclaim the gospel, some of them in places that it's literally illegal to come to know the Lord or illegal to share the message of the gospel. We get to come and we get to pour into what God is doing. And my question today is if we're going to be the church that God has called us to be, it's more than only putting money in a bucket, only, per, only uh, supporting missions work around the world. It's more than only doing that. It's, Lord, would you burn in me in such a way that I can't keep it buried, that I can't hold it in, that I can't cool it down, that it can't be shut up? Lord, would you let your burning passion for the lost, for the nations, for the people across the street to be so solid that even if someday... Just speaking the truth of God in love. I'm not talking about doing things that we shouldn't or saying it in a bad way. I'm talking about the love of God, following his will. Am I willing to be like Jeremiah? That if I have to speak the truth, even if I get beat up, Lord, I can't hold it in. I can't stop. If it's like David, even if I'm going to get in trouble, Lord, I'm going to speak your truth. I would like to not. I would like to just let everything be fine. But Lord, it's not fine because your word must go forward. We never let it just be within us. We say, Lord, if our missionaries around the world are going to be all in with you and the message of the gospel, then today, here in Dublin, Ohio, in our homes, in our communities, in the Columbus region and area, Lord Jesus, we're going to let our hearts burn. We're going to kindle it up. And today, if it's not where it should be, my heart, Lord, make it. Make it fired up one more time, just like that solo stove. Let it happen again. Let the flame of your, your spirit move within me. Just like the biggest bonfire, Lord, let that be my heart. Let that be my my sacrifices. Lord, I'm going to give you every part of who I am. It's his fire kindled within you for the nations. 
That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. At that board meeting, the word that was given, fire and light, has sent fire, sent light, hearts aflame, burning bright. Spreading hope in his name, we ignite to send fire, send light to every heart, every hand, reaching woman and man. For every child, we will fight to send fire, to send fire, send light. Today, that's our goal. I pray that's what our whole life is about. Lord, across the street, around the world, how would you use me? As a church this year, uh, looking to support five projects, we're looking to be a blessing. We're looking to say, Lord, what can we do individually? And then as we come together as a family, what can we do to make a difference in the world? Our five projects, we're going to be in Latin America, in Nicaragua. We're going to be helping uh, Central Bible College build a, uh, their classrooms, build a, a teacher's a space, uh, build a cafe to be able to bless the kids and uh, the students, the young adults, the older adults of Central Bible College. And I love this because when we train leaders, we are going to be sending out people that are going to be pastors, church planners, missionaries, evangelists. And there was a day when we sent people there, and now the world is beginning to send their own missionaries to the rest of the world, including here in America. We get to be a part at Central Bible College. We're going to, our goal is to send $5,000. In North America, 20 minutes from here, at Revive Church on the hilltop, we're going to help them. They have big dreams and big visions. We talked about joining earlier with, with the Christmas uh, party. We're going to bring gifts and food and bless them in that way. But Pastor Stephen says, even before anything else, they want washers and dryers and showers so that those that are homeless in their community can come in and have the dignity of just being clean. Things that we don't even think about. That it's just normal. That we get to be a part of blessing them. And Pastor Stephen's like, what a way to bless this community, have them in their building, be able to talk about Jesus. Pastor Stephen's heart, five grand. They've got a team ready to go. We're going to make that happen with your help. In Oceania, in Indonesia specifically, public transportation, our missionaries there, the hearse, uh, they, it, uh, public transportation costs tons of money there. And we're going to help with $5,000. And what that will do is make it so not only where they are, but they can get out and they can be able to go wherever they want to go, whenever they do, uh, whenever they want to, to be able to spread the light of the gospel. It's our Speed the Light project from our students that Pastor Dave was like, this is, we want to do this. We want to help them. They've been waiting on this. I believe if, if I, it was like three years they've been waiting to make that happen and we are going to help make that happen. Our fourth in Africa, Tanzania. Pastor Rachel and I, we were just there a few months ago seeing their church planning schools, seeing that God has blessed in such a powerful way that from 13 years ago, zero church planning schools, to the end of this year, the money is going to be raised and early next year, they're going to have 72 church planning schools that we're going to be a part of seeing happen. That represents 2,000 plus Churches being planted every six months, a six-month rotation, 4,000 plus in a year. You get to be a part. We get to be a part. In fact, that right there, that's the church planning school we were at that had just been completed. There were almost 30 students that were in that building. We get to be a part of seeing thousands of churches every year be planted in Tanzania, Africa. Brother Barnabas, the, the superintendent there, the leader, I, I just was able to talk to him and I said, 
thank you so much. And, you know, I'm sorry we can only do a little. He's like, no, what you do, what the American church does, it makes possible. The revival of the Holy Spirit that is taking place, it allows us to put the infrastructure behind it. To see buildings and places where people come and worship and there can be growth and discipleship and schools. We get to be a part of seeing it happen. Makes me so excited. In fact, I mentioned at the beginning this Maasai warrior uh, piece of clothing. When I was there and when we were preaching, they gave it to me. And I I don't know exactly how it goes on, so I'm just going to put it over my shoulders. But they came and they put it on us. They, they wrapped us in it. They did all this tucking in and stuff. It looked really good when they were done. And said, thank you. Because the people that were in this area, most of them were Maasai warriors who had given their lives to Jesus. That their life looked entirely different. But they gave their life to Jesus. And now the rest of their life is to share the gospel with people that we can't even go into these tribes or villages. We can't even go where they're going because we would not be accepted by the Maasai people. But because the gospel has gone forth, there's now people at the district council I was a part of that said, thank you. That said, you are one of us. You're, you're a Maasai because you helped see this happen. You're seeing the gospel proclaimed and preached. And I got to go and actually have this cool moment. But church, that only happened because you, because you give and because you sent Because you make it possible. When we go, we do not see what God is doing. We don't always know the response. But when we understand, Lord, you are on the throne. You are so good. Church, he's got us. He loves us. What an opportunity to make a difference in Tanzania, Africa. And our last last area of the five is in India. Our newest missionaries. They are a part, and we don't even, we don't say their name. It's just not safe, per se, to do that. We're going to show a video. It'll be muted on the screens, on the side screens, just on the center in the room. uh, Because they are not allowed to do what they do. But they share the message of the gospel. They started in southern India, and now they're in more north, northwest India, in a place where it's illegal. They've been asked to come because they use soccer and sports They use different means, and now they're able to share the message of the gospel. It happens because you say, I've got a passion for the lost, a passion for the people around me, a passion to see the power of God poured forth. And church, what I'm asking us to do is to say, Lord, what would you have me do? What can you personally do? And then what can we do together as we unite To say, Jesus, we're believing for $35,000 to take care of these projects that were mentioned. We're believing if God wanted to do more, we'll come up with more projects. I guarantee you there will not be a problem. Every penny that comes in for this offering is going to go to projects around the world. But what is it that God would have you do? And then I would say, let the passion and the fire burn and let God do his thing. Let him use you in a way that you're going to see because I'm excited in these six or five categories because we're then going to be able to see the progress. We're going to be able to see what happens. We're going to all this next 12 months be able to watch as our church planning school is built. We're going to be able to watch as, as the, the cafe in, this, in, in India is going to be built. We're going to be able to see and, and hear of testimonies of the hearse of each one of these. How God is moving because some people in Dublin, Ohio, for some halfway around the world would say yes to Jesus. Before in here in a few minutes, we're going to have kids come and join us. But before that, I just want to show you a video 
a video of our missionaries to India. I mentioned if you're online that it will be muted uh, and the, it will not be uh, on. There'll be another screen while this video goes. Is it just for safety? But God is moving. We get to be a part of what God is doing here, but also all the way in India. Let's check this out. What amazing ministry we get to be a part of. I love that the very last few lines, they want us to build facilities and teach sports. We will do that, but we will do that to plant a church where there is no church and to share Jesus with those who have never heard. That's the way that God has called them. And we get to join with them, partner with them, come alongside them to see the gospel message of who Jesus is shared with the rest of the world. We're going to ask you to do here in just a moment. The kids are going to sing. They're going to dance. While they do sing and dance, we're going to ask you to come. We've got a blue bucket right on the front that you can give in. There'll be a QR code if you would like to, uh, to, to give online as well. You can go to radiant.family, same place under every nation, every soul. But I would ask you, if you're giving today, whether it's online, whether it's in this bucket, you come and join us right here. Would you come, make a walk to the front? If you're giving online, just touch the bucket. Would you pray while you do, Lord Jesus, move in might and power. Show up in India, in Revive Church Hilltop, all other portions of the earth. These five projects that we get to be a part of, what would God have you do? So right now, we're going to let the kids sing. We're going to begin this, this uh, offering. Let's let God move and speak and show up for today, but that we're going to get to see the results of for years and years to come. Come on. What a moment. Before the kids head out, we're going to have one more song here after they do. Just to praise and worship God. In fact, could we just stand up all over this room? God has done a special work, I believe, in our hearts and our lives, but also what's going to go around the world. We get to be a part of something so much bigger than just ourselves, just individually, just as the Rad fam, but we get to be a part of his global church. So Lord, we are thankful that this morning you are so good. We're thankful for these kids that are up here. Lord, we're thankful for kids all around the world. And Lord, we would ask you that our children would know you and walk in you. Lord, we pray for people in India or Nicaragua or Indonesia. Lord, all over, God, we ask you to pour your spirit out upon children, Lord, to know you, to have a bend towards you, Lord, that they would experience you. Lord, for men and women, Lord, for the younger or the older, Lord, we ask you for a harvest of souls to know you. Lord, we would pray starting in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our city, our communities, our city, our state, our country, and to the ends of the earth. Lord Jesus, would you let your goodness be poured forth, the truth of you, who you are. Let a burning rise up within your church to love our world, to care for our world, to love you, and to share you by radiating your glory to those around us. Lord, we glorify you. We praise you. And we worship you today. You are so good. You're so good. Before we worship, if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, there's nothing more important than that. All you have to do is just in your own words, tell him, Lord, I love you. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Make him the Lord of your life. You do that in your heart. The Bible says instantly, God has welcomed you in. And it says that all of heaven rejoices. Now I want to encourage you, if you've never done that, this is your moment. Then afterwards, come see me. I would love to talk to you. I would love to encourage you and build you up. Nothing like knowing Jesus. Right now, the kids are going to start to head out. We are going to worship one more song together. 
God is good. He's moving. We get to celebrate what he's done. Thank you for being a part of Radiant Life Church and a part of this special Every Nation, Every Soul offering. Let's worship him one more time. Come on, church. God is good. He's more than enough. Thank you this morning for being a part of more than what's here in Dublin, Ohio, but going all around this world. This week, let's take the power and the fire and the passion, the burning power of God with us. Don't leave it here. Don't send it overseas. With you today, let's go. Let's go make a difference in our world. The next few weeks, Thanksgiving, Christmas, there's going to be times with your family, with your friends. Let God lead you and guide you. How does he want you to be able to make a difference through what you do, how you act, who you are, and what you say as he leads you? Let's love our world this week. So thankful for each of you. Just pray God would bless you this week. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. We'll see you again next week.